Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Time and distance are no barrier to energy, and that means no matter when you're listening, no matter how you found us, you are here for a reason. And I hope something in the next hour lights you up and helps you move forward. Sound healing is a centuries-old practice. It's a transformative healing tool. And I'm so happy to have back on the show today author, sound healer, spiritual teacher, and energetic practitioner, Alea Dow. She's here with new music for us to listen to, and she brings wisdom about using music and using energetic healing techniques to shift the consciousness of our body and soul. Are you ready to meet her? Alea Dow is a sound healer, energetic practitioner, minister, doctor of oriental medicine, and a licensed acupuncturist. She's been an alternative healer for more than 20 years. In 2001, Alea had an enlightenment experience, which enabled her to perceive other realms, hear the angelic beings, and increased her empathic and clairvoyant abilities. She has made seven albums, with an eighth one coming out in December, and she's also the author of Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms. You can find out more about Alea and her work at aleadow.com. Alea, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Well, thank you. I love having you on. I love the music that you bring. I love the wisdom that you bring. Can you, let's start, if you can just say a little bit about your journey to becoming a sound healer and a spiritual guide. It started actually when I was in my 20s and I became intrigued with alternative medicine. And when I was in college, my wise mother said, you can't drop out of college, but I will pay for you to go to massage school. So I ended up becoming a massage therapist my junior year um, in college. And then after having a private practice, During my senior year, that insatiable desire to learn more really kicked in, and I then went on and became um, a doctor of oriental medicine. And the journey just continued to unfold. I kind of think of the healer's process and the challenge as constantly reinventing oneself in order to stay alive and engaged in the art. So constantly finding different mediums. And sound healing is yet another medium in which the healer can play. And when I had that enlightenment experience in 2001, I was actually more of a closet sound healer. (laughs) I would silently make these tones that I was actually hearing from the angelic realm. So after that enlightenment experience, I started perceiving these other dimensions and beings and other realms and hearing what I call the angelic choir. And they would be singing to me almost 24-7. And I would hear them in dreams and I would hear them when I was walking and I would hear them when I was working with clients and patients. And then after them singing to me in the higher realms for about two or three years, they said to me, Alea, you too are going to be making these sounds to help people shift their consciousness. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to be making these sounds to people. But at one point in one of my sessions with one of my clients, he had shoulder pain. And no matter how many energy protocols I did, acupuncture needles, massage 
different techniques, nothing shifted it. And when I was working on him, I started hearing a very discordant sound coming from his shoulder. And I said, can we just try something? And so I started making this funky, weird, not so pleasant sound. And then the sound started to shift and change and became really beautiful and harmonic. And I did that for about a minute, two minutes. And after that, I said, okay, check your shoulder now. And he lifted it and he looked at me totally shocked and he goes, there's no pain. It's like completely better. And I was totally shocked that it actually worked. And so that was the first moment of me starting to practice that art out loud. And it's basically just bloomed into meditations that I do, the private sessions that I do. So that's my my long story on the journey of um, discovering sound healing as a very powerful means of transformation. Wow. I'm curious about toning and that affecting the man's shoulder. When you were making the not very pleasant sound, were you making the same sound? Were you being at the same vibration of the injury in his shoulder? Or were yeah, you... Yeah, it was sp- like an entry point. Uh-huh. Ah, and then did you change what you were doing? Were you then raising the vibration or changing that sound? Correct. What I was listening for were two sounds. And so when we have a belief system or pain in the body, it's emitting a very particular sound vibration. So if we go at it at the same frequency hook into it, and then start emitting a different sound that has a more harmonic vibration, frequency, coherence, then we can transmute it and bring it up to that higher vibration without the pain or the dis-ease. So when you make a discordant sound, you also in the background want to be listening for what is the sound of optimal health and then help that area of the body or the psyche move to that higher frequency. And when I'm doing the toning, I'm not only doing it in the physical realm, but I'm employing other aspects of myself that exist in higher dimensions, the angelic choir. So there's this whole chorus of sound that's happening in multiple realms that help shift that energy. Do different parts of the body or different areas of dis-ease, imbalance, emit different tones, or is it more, I spoke with someone once who said that we each have a, a song. Uh, we each have a kind of a, a tone that, that belongs to us. And so I'm wondering, you as a practitioner, does every person have their own sound, or is it these different parts of the body or different conditions? Well, there's ge- definitely a generalization of, you know, certain chakras have different sounds that are emitting, but then when I tune into each individual soul, there definitely is a song that each soul carries. And I also talk about light language and I sing light language and it's the language that we speak when we're on the other side. And so everybody has their own dialect and, um, and tonal frequencies that go with their wisdom, their level of consciousness, where they may be from in this universe. I love it as a di- I love it as a dialect. That's interesting because that allows for a lot of individual variation. But the but at at its root, it comes from that one place. Yes. Wow. The one sound. I know. And and you know, I mean, we're getting very esoteric, but <laughs> I I think we are all divine sparks expressing ourselves from the heart of source, and how we reflect and project that light is the variable, the place of curiosity and intrigue and beauty. 
Now, one of the ways that you express your spark and express that source is is through your music. And we're about to play in just a second here, uh, Alea's Lullaby, which is um, from your album of, of lullabies. Do you want to say a little bit about what we're about to hear? We're going to play about probably about two minutes of this piece. Yes. So the lullabies are all about soothing, coming back, remembering I really made it for um, the children that are coming into this world that have a very strong remembrance of the other side, their spiritual family on the other side. And so in those lullabies are embedded energetic codes where people that listen, regardless of the age, can reconnect in with the spiritual community, the spiritual family, the wisdom, the mastery that we hold when we're on the other side, and then be able to hold it while we walk here in this world. Mm, that's beautiful. Let's listen to Alea's lullaby. Dream and Alea's Lullaby, and it's from the album called Alea's Lullabies. My guest is Alea Dow. I was listening, Alea, on the way to the studio. I was driving through the rush hour traffic to to get here today, and I was listening to the (laughs) 80s radio station. Now, I am a woman of a certain age, and the 80s radio station holds tremendous memories for me. I know, even though I can't sometimes remember how to dress myself, I still know the lyrics to a lot of 80s songs. (laughs) And I was thinking on the way in about how music stirs memories. When I hear that music, it puts me somewhere. I remember people. I remember things I'd forgotten. Your music, part of the reason your music is so powerful to me is I think it connects 
to our memories, memories that go deeper than what we did in high school or who we liked in the eighth grade. It's connecting into a deeper kind of memory. Does that resonate when I say that? Absolutely. And a lot of the music that I do, actually all of it, there are words that I'm using that aren't English. They're light language, and they're the words that, that I used when I was on the other side singing to my children and talking to my teachers and guides and advisors and friends and family. And for whatever reason, I remember this language, and so I sing it. And so when we're singing a language that we use when, we are on the, when we're on the other side, it definitely triggers a remembrance of there is something else that I've experienced other than this life, this incarnation, uh, this dimension, this planet. And, and so all of the songs have this connection to where we're from. Mm. I know that in your book, Seven Cups of Consciousness, you talk about getting into our divine line or connecting with our divine line is is part of the is part of what runs through your music and your healing and your writing is that the divine line that connection that we all share that's a great question i'm pondering that quickly <laughs> and <deeply>. no pressure <laughs> um i would say that when i am singing i am definitely in my divine line it is that river of light that runs up and down the front of the spine i think of it as the saddle when we're in the body and so if I'm not connected and I'm singing, then the music is going to have that disconnected resonance of what I'm emitting. And so anytime I sing or work, I am holding that awareness of I have to be in this place of deep interconnection in order to create a positive empathic experience for anyone else that is with me or listening. And so when we're in that inner place, we are one we are connected to our divine. We are tapped into our essence. We've got our wisdom, our mastery. We're safe and we're protected. And so I hope that when people listen to the music, they too access that deep inner place where they are incredibly supported, safe, and connected. Hmm. I'm wondering about your process as you are creating. As you said, you, with everything you do, all your work, you're wanting to be in, in line in that way. What is your process of, of creation with this music? It's actually pretty um, mind-blowing because I was just in the studio about a month ago and my sound engineer did what he always does. I walk in the door and he's created three or four beds of music for me that I've never heard before. And the mic is all set up, warmed up, and he hands me my little headset and I just had driven four hours from the Sierra Nevada to Santa Barbara. And he goes, are you ready? And I was like, of course I'm ready. I was born ready. <laughs> so he goes, all right. So I stand in front of the microphone, and he has set up three different tracks for me to sing on with the music happening in the background. And remember, I've never heard this music before. And he hits record. And I just move into that place of stillness, totally disengaged from any expectations or agendas, and I start listening to what I'm hearing from the higher realms. And they're giving me the cues of this tone, this word, this sound, this phrase. And so I start singing what I'm hearing coming in from the higher realms with the music that I'm singing, you know, hearing for the first time. So we lay that track down. 
Then I have him decrease the volume on it, and I lay a second track down. Now it's the second time I've heard the song, and I sing on top of that. And then I have him mute the first and the second track, and now I've, this is the third time I will have heard the song, and I sing brand fresh new track. Again, whatever I'm hearing coming from the angelic realm. Then we stop, and we listen to what I laid down, and we... Um, it's, it's remarkable because I will literally be singing the same light language phrase at the exact same place three times in a row. Oh. Or I'll be harmonizing with myself and I didn't even hear what I was doing in those first two tracks. And so it's the more I do it, the, the better I guess I get at listening to what's coming in, the less I, you know, the more I let go and just allow for this magical process. And so when people say to me, well, why do you love creating the music? It's not really the end result. It's more that moment of being so on and and tuned in that I'm able to bring these pieces in and have them so synced up. It's It's just my joy, my greatest joy, that and helping people shift their greatest challenges, mm. those two. Go are hand you, in hand. Are you ever, when you're in the studio, do you make false starts or feel dissatisfied and kind of get rid of it and start over? I would say 20% of the time that happens. And um, usually when that happens, my very wise sound engineer, Robinson Eikenberry, says, well, I think you need to go outside and just, you know, get tapped in, forget about what anybody ever thinks of you or anybody else's music. Um the only time it really happened was when I actually listened to music before I got into the studio. So I was coming in, listened to a friend's album, and started questioning my music. And um, it took me about an hour to kind of clear my head before I could actually sing again. So yeah. it sounds like when you come into the studio, there's a kind of a, there needs to be a kind of a, a purity. There needs to be a kind of a a, a, a Darryl, safe space. Daryl Cockpit. Yes. 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 Nice. Um, as, a, as a pilot, you know, you think about when you're coming in for landing, you're in sterile cockpit and there's absolutely no conversation other than what you are doing and focused on. And so I do think of it as the sterile cockpit before singing. <laughs> when you are not recording, what do you listen to or do you? I love listening to the whales singing, so I, I might play that. Um, I love listening to the trees and how they sing. I have lots of wind chimes on, on our 10 acres of property, and so I listen to that. I, I think I would say that I listen most to the music that the nature kingdom revels in. Mm. Ooh, frogs. I love listening to the frogs. Yeah. That's, I do. I live in the Midwest, and there's a there's a beautiful late summer, early fall chorus of frogs and uh, cicadas and crickets, and I don't know what all else is going out there, on out there. But it makes a beautiful layered kind of. It lays down this beautiful layered sound at night. It's one yeah. of my favorite things about living here. Beautiful. Mm. Now I know that in just a minute we're going to listen to your. Uh, another track from that Alea's Lullabies album, Come Little One, that to me um, really spoke to me. And I wonder if you can just say a little bit about what you were thinking when you recorded it, why, why it's there, what that means to you. Can I 
ask that we listen to it and then I answer that question? Absolutely. Let's have a listen to Come Little One. <laughs> I need to refresh. Oh my gosh, we need a sterile, sterile cockpit, sterile cockpit. Um, let's no, I have to listen to it and then it'll kind of invoke and I'll remember. All right, let's listen to Come Little One. This is from Alea's Lullabies by Alea Dow. From above, you've come, you've come, and we hide, we are, you're pure, your love, your Come, little one, from the album Alea's Lullabies by Alea Dow. To when I've been doing a lot of work, and maybe this is why it speaks to me, I've been doing a lot of work in teaching around parenting intuitive children, understanding intuitive kids, uh, insight into the awakened children who are in our lives right now, because there are so many. And there's something about this particular song that speaks to, that to me makes me think of the way that we invite our children to join us here in the physical, that as parents we make that agreement and then invite our children to join us, but also in the way that, that our children do come from above, that our children are not ours. They don't belong to us, not really. Right. No, they don't. And, um, and it's an honor to hold a container for somebody from the other side to come in and hold their wisdom and their mastery. And the thing that I've noticed most working with children is that they do forget their wisdom and their mastery, then they start taking responsibility or taking on the issues of others instead of simply holding all of their gifts inside themselves with a beautiful purity and joy and light and being most attached to that before anything else. And so it's really a reminder to these beings that are coming onto the planet and incarnating in human form to hold their purity, to hold their light, to hold their wisdom and their mastery and model that in the world instead of being attached to shifting anyone or anything, really reminding them to be co-creative instead of codependent. So I think that that was what was embedded 
in that song and also after my enlightenment experience, my guides on the other side always called me little one. They don't call me little one anymore, but it was just so endearing. And there's this soft, sweet tenderness of you're here in this world and there can be a gentleness that, that can be held for you as you bloom into your mastery. And I believe that those, these awakened children are coming in because the times that we are in are anything but gentle. And so we need that gentleness, that witness, that power. (laughs) Very true. Although it can be gentle if we're only attached to our own energy and holding our gifts and wisdom and mastery entirely on ourselves, that protects us. It's very difficult. It's very difficult to do. And maybe like the adjustments we make in healing, it, it might take... reminding coming back again and again to that place of knowing every day every day to remember so recognizing that there is a process of remembering and forgetting it's part of the evolutionary mechanism so every time I remember myself I remember myself to a deeper time than before and so if we can remind the children like you have this amazing wisdom and mastery only be attached and responsible you holding that on yourself not for anyone else then we're teaching a co-creative way of being and actually being codependent, being attached and wanting for other people's journeys, realities, happiness, safety is actually harder than holding your own mastery and modeling that in the world. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager. I'm talking with Alea Dow. There's more uh, Alea's music and her book all available at aleadow.com. When we come back after this short break, I want to ask Alea about the importance of meditation and daily spiritual practice. We'll hear more music and there's much more ahead. We'll be right back after this. tired of styling your hair every day and do you want a good hairstyle every day hi i'm sarah schuster i went on a website called inventnow.org and after that i decided to invent something too something called the insta-do just imagine you just put it over your head like a helmet does and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side and you can have instant hairstyle in seconds People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's a summer thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions, or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Hey, Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. This coffee tastes like uh, coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What newspaper? This newspaper. Oh, dude, what happened to your face? I see one, two, three, four, five, six. Dude, what is this? Eleven pieces of... Toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. That's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude, there's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. 
a message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. Come to the forest. It's a place not so far away. A place where you don't have to mow the lawn or babysit. I saw lizards and squirrels and bugs. Ladybugs, caterpillars. It's really cool, actually. A place where you don't have to make time for free time. Lots and lots of kinds of species here. Out here, you may even meet the mysterious creature known as the other you. The enchanted you. It's magic what flowers do. The adventurous you. My favorite tree. Yes. That one. The free-to-be-me you. (laughs) Ask your parents to take you to this not-so-far-away place. Come to the forest, where the other you lives. But first, stop by discovertheforest.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. And now, back to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager on Empower Radio. EmpowerRadio.com. Welcome back to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Alea Dow. She's the author of Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms. And we're listening to new music from two of her albums. One is Alea's Lullabies, and we're also hearing tracks now from her album Open Doors. You can find out more about Alea and her work at aleadow.com. And of course, I welcome your comments, your questions, your feedback about what you're hearing today. Is there a way that you use sound to promote your own healing, to change your mood, to evoke memories for you. You can always email me, karen at karenhager.com. And of course, my website is karenhager.com. There's all kinds of good stuff there for you to take a look at. Before we bring Alea back into the conversation, let's hear a track from her album, Open Doors. This is Syrian Pachelbel. <laughs> Syrian Pachelbel from Alea Dow's album, Open Doors. All this and more is there for you at aleadow.com. 
com. Alea, I noticed that you used Paco Bell's Canon in D. In it's in this song, and it's also on the Lullabies album. Is there something about that particular piece of music that especially spoke to you? I love it. I think um, it, it's so powerful. And when I tune into the energetics of this song, I actually feel the DNA repatterning. And I remember when I was um, in boarding school, I was an editor of and, and a photographer, and I would spend hours and hours in the photo labs. And probably six hours every single night, I would listen to Pachelbel Cannon over and over and over again. And I really think that it was some type of deep repatterning for the DNA. And so I would say if there was one piece of music that another being has created, this is my favorite favorite one. It's beautiful. And I, what I like about this piece that we just heard is the way there are so many layers. It's to me, it's like listening to a beautifully constructed braid. I've got right yeah. the three parts and they and they cross <laughs> over each other and come back together. And it's, and it's wonderful. I know you said that when you come into the studio that your sound engineer has, has got some tracks ready for you. How much of that kind of braiding, because I've heard it on other pieces on these two albums, how much of that is is planned after the fact and how much of it just kind of happens? Well, there's two processes and I have um, Robinson who plays music and creates beds for me and then I also have a guy named George um, Friedenthal who is a master musician and he also creates music for me. Robinson does it on his own in the studio. With George, I actually sit with him for hours and hours, probably 10, 15 hours with every single track that he creates. So with George's music, which is Open Doors, I've heard the song before um, and I've been in the process of the creation of it and all of the editing that he does as I sit next to him. And then we'll take that and then I'll be in the studio with Robinson and Robinson will line it up. And so there's a bit of a combination of things that are happening depending on the album that I'm working on. That's fascinating. It's just different, different ways of different ways of working, different ways of being in that creative moment. Yeah. You had said before we went to the break that when you had your enlightenment experiences and you connected with your guides on the other side that then they called you little one. Can you say a little bit about how you perceive your guides and who you feel guides are? I think of guides as similar to the people that we admire or that we look to for guidance, even in this world. They're just beings just like you and I. They just exist in another dimension. And guides, advisors, they have different levels of consciousness. And so sometimes people have guides who might be a little pushy or a little critical, or really gentle and really loving and supportive and kind. And so I have employed guides that are gentle, loving, and kind, not attached to my process, but will really model a strong, coherent field that will then help me and not disempower me. So we can be conscious when we're picking our guides and asking our guides to hold very particular vibrations inside themselves to help us in our journey. How can people listening start to tune in to their own spiritual support team, but also to their true voice? I would say that, well, the first, the 
listening to your true voice, we'd want to do that first because if we can't really hear our own inner wisdom, then it's going to be hard to hear the wisdom coming from another regardless of the dimension that they're in. Mm. And so a very simple practice is to close the eyes, take a deep breath in, pull yourself into an inner river of light. You can use your imagination, but you're also using your intent, you're using your breath to do that. We also have an energy self, it's our energy fields, and they also can help us bring our awareness deep inside into this inner river of light. And then we can intend that we're connecting with some energetic part of ourselves that exists in a higher dimension. Then we can ask for that higher self, energy self, to start connecting in with an angelic presence that is of love and light, that is modeling a strong, coherent field holding support, love, empowerment inside themselves, and then gently, positively, empathically impacting your higher self, which then ripples and reflects down to you here. So the first step is to get connected inside yourself, pull yourself into your inner river, and then make the request that some energetic part of you start connecting with a presence that is supportive and loving. How do we know when we have made that connection? What shifts when we do? How do we, how can we feel that we are then in that connected place? There'll be a greater state of peace, a calm, maybe even an expansion in the field. So just as I was talking about that, I was doing that energetically inside myself. And so as people were listening, they might have actually started to feel a little bit of shift and like, wait, I don't feel so alone. So there'll also be a greater sense of support. The fear factor will decrease. The peace factor will increase. A deeper sense of inner connection, inner light, inner power will start to exude from the core of our being. Now, in your writing and in your teaching, you focus on the cups of consciousness, and that's also the name of the daily meditation series. It's such an unusual, I love it. It's such an unusual kind of, uh, is it a metaphor? Or a, I can never remember what's a metaphor and what's a simile and what's a, whatever it is. It's such an unusual <laughs> image. How did you come up with that? What makes me, what brings me to that place is that there's a way in which I feel when I tune into my inner river and I'm holding that space and I'm receptive and connected and at peace. It is kind of like being a giant cup. It's like being a receptacle waiting for something to be poured in and also allowing me to pour out what I need to pour out. I think you just nailed it. (laughs) I'm answering all the questions. Well, (laughs) (laughs) it's beautiful. I haven't heard it that way. I love it. Um, And yeah, I do think that it is about recognizing that we are beings of light and we can fill ourselves up with our light, our wisdom and our mastery and, and share with others while we're holding it inside ourselves. Um, And when I was thinking about, how to name what I do. I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to be beautiful. I wanted it to be a little bit sexy as opposed to energetic protocols for enlightenment or seven gateways was the other words that I was using prior to the seven cups of consciousness and seven principles, but it all felt so technical. I wanted it to have a bit more of a a texture and um, an idea of there are these cups or concepts of consciousness that we can sip from, that we can embody, that can help us live more empowered lives. Can you say a little bit about what the cups are, what those seven are? Yeah, those seven concepts, the very first one is 
that we live in a multidimensional reality. So we have this experience of the physical realm, but to recognize that there are other realms that are impacting our journey, our process, our emotions, our thoughts, our reactions. And when we start using these other dimensions to change our physical life, things start to happen um, in a really lovely way. So the very first concept, multidimensional reality. The second concept speaks a little bit about what we were talking about with guides and angels, that you're never alone and you actually have a team of beings that encircle you, that can buffer energy for you, they can hold positive energy that ends up being a support and a resource for you. So connecting in with these beings of love and light. And then the third concept talks about changing your inner world. So I get personally responsible for my reality. I start shifting the vibration I'm holding inside myself. Then I start magnetically drawing to me different situations. If I feel really strong and happy and innerly, inner, inner love, self-love, I'm going to call in more situations that are the reflection of my internal reality. That's the third concept. Mm. The fourth concept is recognizing that when we're at a certain point in our evolution, when we're not very aware, we do the opposite of what we're intending on mastering. Then when we reach a certain level of awareness, consciousness, we start to practice what we intend to master. So someone might be a victim in order to master empowerment. Someone might be in self-hatred in order to master self-love but they have to collect enough moments of self-hatred in order to eventually wake themselves up and flip themselves into self-love. So when we recognize that that's the mechanism we're using, we can shortcut it a little bit and start practicing what our soul is really determined to embody deep in our core. The fifth concept talks about the idea that your body is a nature spirit. It is from earth and that you are a being of light riding in the form. We have two different consciousnesses, almost like a PC and a Mac in one housing unit, and we have different needs. And so learning how to work with the body's needs and the body's consciousness and help the body in its own awakening process. The sixth concept talks about the idea that I spoke to and we were listening to with the lullabies, that every soul has gifts, wisdom, and mastery, and the journey is to model that as we walk in the world. And the seventh cup, my favorite, that river of light that flows within you, is perfect. Mm. It's, it's difficult sometimes to feel into that perfection when we are doing the opposite of what we're here to do. It's hard sometimes to feel into that, let's say, being a victim or the things that we're struggling to master. It can be hard to put that together, at least for me, with being perfect, how we can be perfect and still be changing, still be growing, still be learning. Yes, and I, and I love that you brought that up because I too have struggled with that and the wise ones in the higher realms say to me, Olea, do you see how courageous and determined you are <laughs> <laughs> to do whatever it takes to attain this vibration? And I go, yeah, I'm, I'm really beating myself up in order to master self-love or whatever it might be. And so when we recognize that there is a level of determination and relentlessness that each one of us as souls hold and we are determined to get it, then we might be a little bit more willing to be conscious in practicing what we intend to master and and not judging the fear, the victim, and simply looking at, at as it as units of fuel. 
that we can transmute and flip into the activation of the spiritual lesson. So it's just fuel. It's just energy. And then we can use it in, and move us in the direction that we're intending. Units of fuel that we can transmute. Yeah. To, or redirect. Wow. Redirect. That's, a, it's, that's such an interesting way of looking at the things that we sometimes maybe get so hooked into. Yeah. Uh, so we get so, I don't know, dirty from rolling around in them that we maybe don't have that higher way of looking at that. That's fascinating. Yeah. Collect it all and flip it. Use every little nugget you got. I think this is a good time to listen to the, this is the last track we'll play on the show today. This is Light in the Darkness. This is also from the Open Doors album by Alea Dow. Let's give that a listen. From the ashes we rise. From our challenges we grow strong. In the darkness we see the light. a little bit of light in the darkness from Alea Dow's album, Open Doors. There's more of Alea's work, and you can find everything at aleadow.com. That's A-L-E-Y-A-D-A-O.com. Alea, those cups of consciousness, and especially the daily cups of consciousness, are a kind of light in the darkness, I feel. And I wonder if you can say a little bit about what, what you offer in the daily meditations and why you do that. Often we will use our outer challenges, relationships, money, our body as our mechanism for spiritually growing and evolving. But when we choose to consciously spiritually grow and evolve, we can change that mechanism. We can start using our breath, our intent, our daily meditative practice, and the energetic weather that's coming onto the planet to help us in our journey of awakening. And so those daily meditations that I record, what I'm doing is I'm tuning into the energetic currents that are coming onto the planet every day and speaking to, ah, today is a day of going deep within. Great. Access your inner wisdom. Use this current that's pushing you deep inside to tap into a deeper level of inner power and mastery. And so when we start using that as the primary mechanism, the outer challenges start going away because 
we don't have to employ external situations and scenarios to grow and evolve. And I know you have a a special offer for the listeners to connect with, have a sample of those audio meditations. Can you say what that is? Yes, I would love to gift all of your listeners with a free week of daily Cups of Consciousness. They'd get seven meditations that are the introduction of connecting in with your divine line, feeling your guides, your team, tapping into your biggest dreams and making those real in a higher realm so that they can reflect into this one. And so people would go to get that free week to cupsofconsciousness.com. So if listeners go to cupsofconsciousness.com, they'll be able to claim that free week of those daily meditations. You're nice by the way. Um, (laughs) It's a generous gift. Happy to give. (laughs) But it's a generous gift and it's so needed. You said energetic weather and I'm thinking ahead to, especially in the US now with the, we have the political situation and now all over Europe and oh my goodness and hey, all over the world. What would you say from your perspective is the energetic weather of the time right now and how can we best move through this? How can we see all these events and all these issues that are, to me, there, there are mm, big things that we've forgotten about, things we don't want to look at are now being brought into the light rather relentlessly on about a thousand different levels. How can we, as conscious beings who are on a spiritual journey, how can we see these events as units of fuel and transmute them? 2016 is a nine year in numerology, so it's a year where there has been lots of endings, completions, wrapping things up, letting go, letting go, letting go, letting go. Lots of deaths, um, divorces have happened this year for a lot of people. And the last three months of this year is going to be um, even more intense <laughs> than. The, the first nine months of 10 months of, of the year, or rather nine months of the year. So if we think of October, November, and December of 2016 really as a final completion, letting go, release, clearing, we want to watch the energy lifting up and out as opposed to thinking we're going deeper into it. This is a little out there, but for about 2,000 years, there's been an energetic grid, almost like a fabric around the planet that's been holding oppression and control and power and safety and it's helped the evolution of humanity but but that time is coming to an end and so the last three months of this year we are literally energetically going in and uprooting this very old grid that's been lifting out since 1986 it's been lifting off the planet which is great but now we're in the final let go and so people are going to be using their fear and their anger to literally go into the deepest parts where it's still rooted in and pop it up and off. So if we don't judge the fear and the anger, we simply see it as an energetic mechanism to uproot this old grid, this old way of being off the planet. Fabulous. Then keep one eye on what's coming onto the planet that will be blooming in about 2,000 years. It's lovely, it's light, it's gorgeous. Tap into it now so that we can start living it inside ourselves, but know that mass consciousness might not be fully living that higher way of being, cultivating self-love deep in the core, practicing what we intend to master for a little while. So patience and, again, attachment to our own reality as opposed to anyone else's and rooting in a higher frequency 
of love and light as opposed to focusing on what is lifting up and out. Do you feel that one of the reasons that all these awakened children are coming in, it's interesting that you said 1986, um, do you feel that part of the reason all these awakened children are coming in is to help us with the dismantling and safe dispersal of that grid? I think that the majority of them that are now coming in or who have been coming in for the last five, ten years are actually anchoring this new higher vibrational grid onto the planet. Wow. Now, the indigos that were coming through in the 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, they were the destroyers. And so they have been dismantling the old grid. Earth hired them. Hey, I've got an old grid that needs to pop out. And so a bunch of soldiers are like, I'm great at demo. Can I come in? <laughs> She's like, yeah, sure. Come on in. And so um, those beings, granted, I'm talking in general terms, have been destroying this old grid and fear, control, inappropriate use of power. That's all lifting up and out, which is great. Mm. Now, I know we only have about three minutes left. I want to be sure that you have a chance to tell people how to find your website, what's coming up for you, and I'd love to hear a little about that new album that's coming out in December. The new album is Across the Meadow Sky, and I've done seven albums so far, so this will be the eighth one, and honestly, I think it's my favorite one. It's just, it just transports you to an entirely different realm, and I'm getting better at just allowing for the music from the higher realms to come through in a cleaner and cleaner way, and so... I'll be releasing that in December, Across the Meadow Sky. Um, I am going to be doing a deep dive. It's a two-day intensive in Miami, Florida, November 5th and 6th. And then we're going to be swimming with dolphins on the 7th and 8th of November in Bimini, which is part of the Bahamas. So for anybody that wants to join me, feel free. Uh, in Miami, and then I'm doing actually this coming weekend in Fresno, California, a four-hour three-hour class. It's a mini deep dive for the body, energetic protocols and concepts to help the body in healing, awakening, slowing the aging process, and um, just moving into greater states of connection. And then I'm doing another class in Irvine, California at the end of November for anybody that's in the area, another mini deep dive for the body. So this fall is kind of all about the body and supporting the body in this process of the let go. But that's beautiful, and especially in this time when the old is being dismantled. What a wonderful time to let go of, let go of those things that we carry in our body. Alea, thank you so much for being on the program. What great fun it always is to have you on the show. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you, Karen. It's really a treat. That is Alea Dow. She is the author of Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms. She has seven albums out and an eighth one on the way in December. Find out more about Alea and her work at aleadow.com. And if you go to cupsofconsciousness.com, you can find information about how to sign up for your free week of the Cups of Consciousness, the Daily Cups uh, of Consciousness Meditations. And of course, KarenHigger.com is where you can find out about working with me and classes and events and all kinds of good stuff at KarenHigger.com. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.